This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. And we have made it to April, finally. And the unpredictability of the spring season in Mississippi is with us. So let's uh, work through some spring maintenance today. Also, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies is here, and we can talk about your air conditioning, maintenance, and all that stuff before the high temp set in. I love talking talking about the filters. Uh, join the conversation with us this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning, Pam? Yeah, I'm feeling better. I, I actually have slept this week. so <laughs> that, You know, there's a much better response than last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had just gotten off the plane from uh, flying over the big pond, and I was struggling. Timmy, last week we had to clean the mic off after she left. She'd been drooling I on it the whole time. fall asleep during the break. Right. So, yeah, no, I am I am here 100% today. Yeah. Good so, deal, good yeah. deal. Jeff, how are you? Man, I'm good. Good, okay. good, good. Glad to be here. Good deal. And we welcome Timmy, our friend who's been around. Man, you've been coming on the show here since, what, 2016? It's been a minute. Something like that, yeah. Been a minute. So uh, Timmy's our, our AC uh, person, so you can call in and ask any AC question about that. Uh, did anybody work on anything personal at their homes this weekend? Timmy, I know that you end up doing this a lot. <laughs> I, I did a big cleanup. I, uh, I put a trolling motor on my fishing boat. Yeah, hey, that's not bad. There you go. Good there for you. Go. you. And, and have the wound to uh, prove it. Oh. All right, see, it's not home improvement unless you've got one of those. Unless there's right. blood. Yeah. It oh, doesn't no, count. There, no, there was blood. Oh, good. Okay. Congratulations. I'm proud of you, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> my son helped. Right, yeah, your okay. son. All right. <laughs> I, I, sold, <laughs> I sold a fishing boat and sold <laughs> uh, and sold my boat shed. You know, it's man, we're coming out of winter, brother. Wow. What are you going to do for a boat? I guess some kite. I don't yeah, like oh, something you until. <laughs> you know, you. the best boat that you own is owned by a friend. Exactly. Then you don't have exactly. to be changing right. trolling well, like motors. Bust out another thousand. That's what boat stands for. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Todd's on the line in Hattiesburg. He's got a question for us. What's going on, Todd? Hi. Hey. Morning. How are you? What's up? So I I live uh, on the lake in Hattiesburg, and I have steps to go down from the back porch and then docking so there's painted wood uh-huh. and I had it sand, sanded and repainted and mildew it's just black with mildew and it came back within a week of having it done and I'm wondering if there's something that I can do to solve that problem Wow! so I don't have the, the black mildew like coming up through all of the exterior wood around the dock and from the porch and, and so on. I'm so sorry to hear all that, Todd. Okay, I'm going to let my pros go at it. <laughs> Jeffro, I know you got a boat and you've seen lots of piers, so what are we doing here? Well, I think, Pam, remember you said this, if you clean it with bleach... You, you uh, it, create it, an it environment for it to grow again. Grow again back very quickly. So, Todd, do you know what chemical they use to clean with? They didn't use a chemical. They they um, they just sanded it. They sanded it and then they painted it. Did uh, do you know yep. if they wow. used any sort of kind of outdoor paint? They did use um, 
They did use an, out, an exterior paint, yes. Okay, okay. Hmm. You know, uh, I'm going to... It peeled up and mildewed, like, within a week. Well, right. peel up? Okay, wait a minute. Clean it. Yeah. Well, that or, or it was wet Still when wet. they painted it. Right. Yeah, I'm wondering if whenever they came back and sealed it, they didn't. Of course, you know, we have been, when I was in France, we had beautiful weather, but you guys were like beating each other up with storms over yes. here. Mm. There was so much rain. Right. And if you don't let something dry out and then you try to seal it, you've just kind of blocked everything in there. If it were me, what I would do is sand it off again, right? let it dry out really good, and then use the concrobium, which uh-huh. is my favorite product now. <laughs> Say that word again. Concrobium. Okay. <laughs> concrobium. Okay. And you can pick that up at the big box stores. You can Google it and, and make it yourself. And then just follow the instructions on you have to use that to clean then mm-hmm. you come back and actually use it to seal, and then you put your paint on top. And um, and it also is a deterrent for the same mold that yes. will come back more often when you use bleach. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be, you have to really make sure that, and then you've got, if there's water coming up from the bottom, let me ask you this. Did they paint the underside as well or just the top? Good question. Just the top. And Jeff has mentioned <laughs> Jeff has mentioned on the show several times if you're gonna paint this piece of wood that's gonna go outside, you're gonna to want to paint all six, six sides, sides of the board. Yeah. Um so that's something Well the underside's on the water. I mean it's on, I mean it's a dock. So, I know, but right. uh, you've got, and that's even more of a problem because you've got moisture wicking up into that wood. Constantly. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. All right. So do you ha- do I have to use like another mildew side and a primer after what you said, or do sand the concrobium and then dry concrobium again for sealing or yes. no, paint and yes. then yes. concrobium again? Yes, yes, and then you can use the concrobium to kind of. Uh, clean it off on a regular basis. But it, what you're describing to me is that you're getting water coming up through the wood. It's coming right. from the bottom side up. And that is the challenge, Todd. I mean, you got when you're sitting on a pond <laughs> or right. a lake, how do you get under there to get to that? Now, there is another thing you can do. What's that? Um, remove the wood and go back with a Trex, a synthetic product. That's a good idea. Or remove the wood and paint it on all six sides. Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Todd, either way, you got a minute and ahead of you. Yeah, you might so. be swimming to figure this one well, out. I mean, if you did go to a synthetic, then you're done painting. That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. But you'd still so. have mildew and stuff on the top. You'd have to treat that yeah, somehow true. Mm-hmm. True. to to kind of keep that I mean, from you, coming back. You're you're going to get mildew on the water. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I, I period. My, my my boat lives in the water and I and it gets a bath once a month whether it needs it or not. But so. he he's right though. You sh- you shouldn't go uh, completely molding and peeling paint in a week. No, that's a, yeah, that's no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you got to be patient and take your right. time on it. Go to let me suggest the yeah. website stingysailor.com. dot com. Stingy Sailor. 
dot com, and they have this is a a boating guy that talks about mildew and stuff on the water, mm-hmm. and you probably would find some helpful articles in there on how to deal with what it is your the specifics of what you're dealing with. That's good. StingySailor.com. dot com, and that's where they have the recipe for the homemade concrobium. Right. Okay, uh, thanks for calling, Todd. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much. I wanted to do an article real quick here that I found yesterday. And it's it's scary because I wanted you guys to hear this. Now, this is a home improvement show. We talk about doing doing stuff yourself all the time. But I do want to mention on the show that doing stuff yourself means you have got to read the directions. And part of the directions is the warning label. So here's how this article starts. Investigators say acetone, couple used for home improvement project, led to explosion. (gasps) Sure. So here's what we've got. A young couple is recovering in the hospital after the home exploded during the home improvement project Saturday. Um, And what they were doing, investigators with the Layton Fire Department said the vapors Mm -hmm. from the acetone the couple used to stain their concrete basement made contact with the furnace. Yep. Boom. Boom. So so do do know that whenever you're using chemicals to work around your house, um, please read the back of that. And also don't keep your chemicals anywhere near heat sources. Well, you remember my story about I'm visiting my buddy over in uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. and I'm in the guest room on the third floor and there's a basement. It's really second floor. Mm-hmm. OK, so I get up because I've got to go to a business trip and the water heater's not working. And I, I went down to breakfast. And I said, your water heater's not working. He said, oh, it's fine. I said, okay. So, you know, right. I, yeah, I had a cold shower. <laughs> so, so I leave and go to my uh, meeting. And whenever I come back, he was like, oh, my God, the water heater's not working. What happened was is they were staining in the basement. And stain puts off vapor. And it was an oil-based vapor. And when it hit that pilot light, it was one of those water heaters that shut it off. For safety. For safety. Oh, wow. And I was like, you trying to blow me up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay, Timmy's got his arm up. What's going on, Timmy? I've got a a really funny story. Okay, go for it. um, Back where I used to live at, you know, Uh know, where that was. Um, the the sheetrock, you know, of course, there's, it's up that far from the floor. And right, we right. had mice getting in, right, you know, stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what, dude, I'm just gonna take some some spray foam uh-huh. and go all the way around this room. I'm just gonna right. lock all these holes off. The water heater was in there. Uh oh, um, <laughs> row row. <laughs> Read the can <laughs> right. before you use it. Man, I start spraying that stuff, dude. All of a sudden, it hit that water heater, and man, I had no hair on my legs. Oh no! I mean, it burned it smooth off. I had the doors half shut, blew the door open, and blew the, some of the siding off of my house. <laughs> all right, I'm in there, no hair, out there rolling on the ground, <laughs> trying to thinking I'm on fire. I feel like Ricky Bobby on Talladega Nights. Right? <laughs> you know, it was horrible, horrible. So yeah, read the label. Caution. Oh, man. Caution. <laughs> but, you know, they have now those water heaters where it's it's called, what's it called, Jeff? Uh, flam- F-V-I-R, flammable vapor uh, something resistor. F-V-I-R. Well, it's got the it's concealed. Yeah, and well. it's also, if a, and that's what my buddy had. He had a brand new, that was like a 100-gallon water heater oh, in his basement. And when the when the uh, when it hit it, mm-hmm. it immediately 
you know, shut it off. But in your case, and you can have, like I have worked on cases where it's been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. You know. Okay, Java wanted to try to make me sound smart, but I'm going to let him sound smart. Java, what is it? Well, it's a flammable, VFIR, flammable vapor ignition resistance. Ignition resistance. There you go. There you and go. it came about in uh, around 2003. Okay. Because yeah. right. you do, and let me mention this, folks, because I think this is really good information for the consumer. Water heaters, if they're in your garage before that date, they had to be up 18 inches mm-hmm. if they were gas. Now, if they're electric, you don't have an ignition source. Mm-hmm. But if you look on your water heater on your label, it will tell you the date of manufacture. Okay? And what was the date on that, Java? It was like... 2003. Okay, 2003. And it should have that little FVIR on there. If it doesn't have that on there and your water heater is sitting on the ground in your... Uh, carport or your oh, garage, right, you man. need to remove any lawn equipment, any right. gas cans. You need to get that out the of there. Worst play. I don't know who came up with, let's put the water heater in the storage room. Mm-hmm. It's the worst place ever to put. And then, because where does your lawnmower go? In, in the storage room. room. It goes in the storage room <laughs> right. along, with the, along with the gas and the oil. <laughs> right, yeah. let, let, and paint. Let's get as much stuff up next to this uh, heat source, this gas water heater, <laughs> yeah. as we can. Right. And uh, You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pipus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also in the studio this morning, Timmy McClendon from AC Remedy. Join the conversation and send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org or use the talk to us feature inside the MPB public media app. That's a mouthful. That's a lot. It is. But hey, you know what? We're going going straight to it, though. Francis is on the line right now in Natchez. What's going on, Francis? Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. On on last week, you guys made me open open my eyes to a situation that I neglected when I built my house. Uh, Jeff, I believe you said that you poured tar. It's a 12-inch by 12-inch opening, you know, in the slab where the drain goes in for your tub and stuff. Correct. But I neglected to put tar in there, but my house was treated. (coughs) What are the chances that termites could go and live up under my slab or come from the outside under my slab and go through that? Well... It, it is it is labeled conducive to termites, meaning it, there is access. That's why we fill it up with tar. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, hard to get to that area right now with the tub sitting there. You know, unless you have a garden tub or something with access uh, under under your tub where you could where you could get to it. Um, is it worth pulling the tubs out at this point? Probably not. I've seen them. If you've got the access, you can. And right. then let's say you've you've built a tub in a bathroom. You could actually come in on an opposite closet and create an access true. and put an access panel That's on true. there, That's which true. I always think is a good idea because then if you have a leak That's or right. something, That's and true. they make those sure. little 
panels that you I don't yep. um, you squeeze and push and they come out. Yep. And then you would uh, have access to put a cup of tar. That's, that's not a bad idea. Down into it, you can do it. The thing I've seen, you know, when we check these, because we're always looking under tubs whenever we inspect if we can get access. I don't see termites, but I've seen a lot of ants. Yeah. Oh. They'll, they'll just kind of come up in there, and you'll have a, a. I mean, I have seen mounds and mounds of ants underneath uh, uh, tubs. That's, yeah, that's why we fill that void with with tar, and we have to make that void because you got to put the pea trap down there. You got to put the pea trap in yeah. there, and, and well, the pea trap's in there, but we we have to make up that that connection. Um, when we set our tub, so when we pour the slab, that's why we have that. That they call it an earth box, don't they? That, I've always heard that term. Yeah, earth box I guess that's the, the, the. I guess that's the technical. And you'll see them in any slab on new construction. You walk around, right? I mean, absolutely, because they They're, put that plumbing underneath. They run the plumbing before they pour the slab. That's right. You All right, Francis. The earth box, so. that's but my, my question is, what are the chances? Of a termite surviving, you know, right there. Well, it, if they got water, it, yeah, chances are good. Oh, I good. mean, that, that's wow. where they they live in the ground, so that's why we fill it up with tar. They can't dig through the tar, uh, but they can dig through the dirt, and that's that's where they live. That's what even a subterranean with, termite even is. Come again? Well, your even treatment is only yeah, your treatment's only good for seven years. Say that again. Your treatment, uh, slab treatments, unless it's changed, is only good for seven years. They'll give you a seven-year bond on pre-treats on slabs. Wow. That's what it's been because the chemical deteriorates. I mean, it's just like anything else. So, you you know, you, you have to maybe get in a, a, an inspection on a regular basis. But, but now, now, Francis, how, how do you know the tar is not there? I built the house. Right. Ah. <laughs> I didn't put it there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have no memory Fair of enough. tar in the earth box. Yeah. So if you I'll did that, corrected. you're really handy. So you could probably come in and put put yourself an access I mean, in not, there. Yeah. And it's, it's not it's not put in until you set your tubs. But, right. So okay, but when I designed the house, I got the both tubs. One is uh, the tub is facing the closet. I could cut a hole there. And the other tub is facing a hallway where I can cut an access hole in there. Okay. Yeah. You're. You're. Yeah. Cut awesome. Them in. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. gonna make you feel better because you're not gonna you're not gonna sleep at night till you cut yeah, them in. You, right. Yeah. You you you've got a termite haunting problem. You just yeah. got wow. boogers coming in the wall. So you just, wow. if you do that, you'll sleep better. Yes, ma'am. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, you can, Francis. You can make a career out of that, Francis. You go around and right. put access holes. <laughs> <laughs> right, Francis, we appreciate it. I want to thank Francis for giving uh, the best answer to a question ever asked. Right, right, on the show. Here. Right. It's like, well, how do you know? I built the house. <laughs> right. I built the house. Yeah. I mean, I, didn't look, put it there. I, I think if we took a poll, most of our listeners, uh, they don't know if there's tar there or not. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. no. So. no, but they're all wondering now. Right. <laughs> right. Right. This whole, I mean, What's, job opportunity. Let's right. say this, I know mine doesn't have it in there. Oh, okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. So I've got an email here. My name is Ann Elizabeth, and my question is about attic ventilation. Now, we get into this every time Timmy comes here. Somebody sends an email 
that he and Jeff can arm wrestle over. So, okay. I own a 1960s home with a well-working whole house attic fan. It is wonderful to have as we can open windows, screen doors in the spring and fall and enjoy a nice breeze throughout our home. We also have three unsightly dormers in the front side of our roof as well as two turbines. It is time to replace our roof and we would like to update the look by removing these. What would be the best option for venting to keep the effectiveness of our attic fan? Hold on. (laughs) After doing the math... This is in the email. After doing the math on CFM and square foot and cubic foot of home and attic space, we need approximately 12 square feet of attic venting. We have 63 feet of ridge on our roof, but I've been told that a ridge vent and power vent complete, uh, compete with one another. Thank you in advance. I always enjoy the information you share. Ann Elizabeth in Starkville. Jeff, okay. wanting to look at me. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real simple. Okay, okay. It doesn't get any simpler. I'm just going to let Jeff have this one. Okay, no, let's no, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to referee. Put a, hey, put, a, put a continuous ridge vent in uh, with, with, with your soffit ventilation. I like continue, continuous Vented soffit as well, uh-huh. and, and and I prefer a vented ridge. Now, what I think, what's her name, Mary Elizabeth? Uh, Anne yeah. Elizabeth. Anne Elizabeth. Anne, okay, Anne mm-hmm. Elizabeth. Um, it sounds like they have an older home in Starkville with a vent fan in their ceiling. Yeah, that whole is house that, fan. It's a big, not what yeah, I'm, big is that box, not probably what I'm in the picturing. hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, An attic fan. Yeah. Big attic fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. But those things look a lot of, lot of air. They, they move a tremendous amount Man, of they'll air. suck you right up in so, there. And not, so, but not I, I'm, I'm still okay with a continuous ridge, ridge vent and soffit. Now, I'm a little confused. She doesn't like her dormers. Um, you don't get to choose on that. That's that's her likes. Well, Unless it's a dormer vent. Yeah, but, but I bet you what that's what she's talking about. Oh, not not not. I bet not she's the, talking about gable vents. Not the shed dormer that yeah. I'm thinking. No, no, of. no. She's thinking about gable vents. Okay. Yeah. So because um, if you put a gable vent and a ridge vent up there, you're yeah. going to be able to move in a fair for your right, whole house right, fan. Right. It okay. should be fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that's you know what. Uh, that is where, Aunt Elizabeth, that's where we're going to leave it, because <laughs> Timmy's ears are about to pop off. Well, <laughs> Timmy, do you want to, do you want to? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, we con- <laughs> don't want to say anything. We need a contrary opinion. Yeah, I mean, right, right. Well, that whole, let me make a suggestion. <clears throat> you, on you don't like continuous ridge vent, Timmy? <laughs> Timmy, Timmy is hey, a whirly bird guy. Red. I'm going to have no gum left in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I'm chewing it so hard over here. Right. I hate, hate. Ridge vents. Ridge vents, oh. really. hate ridge vents. So, okay. I love something that will forcefully pull the air out of the attic mm. for you. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, because that way he can change the motor every three years. Right. <laughs> he gets paid to change yeah. the motor. Yeah, because it's going to break. Yeah, because it ain't. Pam, give it, give it some credit now. It's three to five. Oh, three to five. five. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, true. there you go. Three to five. You get to change those. Now, one of the things that was in the email that I uh-huh. thought was interesting and, you know, is that if you put a forced fan up there, uh-huh. what it's going to do, it's not going to pull the air from the soffit. It's going to pull it from the gable. 
and your ridge vent. And we'll do that, and also going to pull it from the attic fan. It's going to suck yeah, your it's going to suck air. So you're going to pull conditioned air out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a forced air fan would be fine if you can seal seal the ceiling. If, you if can you've got a forced, if you've got envelope. one of those attic fans that pulls all the air through your house, you've already considered sealing, and that's not a consideration no, you for you. No, 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 no. They don't. In these old houses, I had one in my house. Uh-huh. And the thing that the pro- the problem that you have with these is that when you're not using them, you have a break in the envelope. So if you put a forced fan up in your attic, you're just going to be pulling conditioned air through right. that break. So my suggestion would be go ahead and put in your ridge vent or your know, power vent, whatever you want to do, but seal up that fan when you're not using it. Okay. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. That's a half and half. Thank you, Miss Pam. Yeah, okay. that's a compromise. That's a half and half. Okay, that's a compromise. It's a draw, Jeff. It's a draw. Right, right, right. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. You know Ooh, what? I'm glad Pam was here. You're right. Yeah. You know what? That's it a really a good time for us to, to take come a to break. A <laughs> <laughs> you ask my wife. I do not compromise either. So right. you're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also in studio this morning is Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. Join the conversation this morning. Send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And my new favorite. Use the Talk to Us feature inside the MPB Public Media app. Dave is online in Bethel Springs, Tennessee. I get that from the uh, from the the Penguins of Madagascar movie. So the Dave thing. Dave, what's going on? Uh, good morning. morning. I got a problem with the refrigerator. I thought Timmy may be able to help me out a little bit. I bought this refrigerator brand new. It's probably seven or eight years old now, but. I bought it at one of the big box stores, and I bought it when it was on sale. I didn't need it, but I was looking ahead. So I kept it probably six months and never took it out of the box. All right, I plugged this thing in, and as soon as I opened the box, I see some numbers written on the back of it with the magic marker on the inside of one of the crisper trays. That right there is a signal I should have known there's something wrong with it. What's happening is it's freezing up things in the refrigerator. Now, I know a little bit about air conditioning, as in I took a course in high school back 50 years ago, and I've got the equipment to do that with, but how do you differentiate a way to separate it from the thermostat as opposed to the Freon's too low? It's not dirty. There's nothing blocking it. Looked at all the fans. Everything's working in that respect, but it's freezing up things in the refrigerator. I've tried putting more in it. I've tried putting less in it. I've tried turning the thermostat down. It's down now on two, and it still freezes things up. Any yep. ideas? Yeah, so they, they have dampers um, that open up, and some of them are electronic where they'll open up like a little bit, and I'm using my hands right now, and everybody's staring at me. Yeah. You, can't see. <laughs> you can't see that on radio. <laughs> but th- there's dampers that, that open and close, and they'll, they'll do it variably. So if it's, cal- if it's, if it's asking for a little bit more, you know, it'll it'll open up a little bit more. If it's calling for a little bit less, it'll close it down. Um, that damper may be completely open and dumping cold air from the freezer back into the refrigerator. Oh. So uh-huh. it, that can be anywhere between a damper, control board, or a thermistor. The thermistor is usually the, the problem. And you're making me okay. go way back in my mind right now, but I'm staring in heaven right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, that, that's, usually, that's usually what it is, a thermistor. 
Okay, that control, so that, that, if that were sitting in your kitchen, what would you do first? What brand is it? Uh, it's a Frigidaire. Oh. I keep it. Yeah, <laughs> you can fix it. Yeah. yeah, have you thought about looking to see if there's a recall on that model? Could be. I, I have not, but uh, I went I to the store you know, where I got it at it and took pictures of it to see if there was anything missing, like in the where the damper control goes in the, sterm- the thermostat appears to be sitting out in the open, as in, you know, where I thought, well, maybe there's supposed to be a cover or guard or something on it, but it's not, so... I have not checked for any recalls. I would, because on something like that, it could be that that's what's... And I have a just quick story. Years ago, I bought this 2013 Toyota Tacoma, and I loved it, but there was a whistling noise every time I would drive. And, I, and I'd take it in, and I took it in, and I took it in, and they just, you know, never heard it or whatever. Well, I started doing some research, and there was a recall on the windshield, so I had to print that and take it to the dealer, and then they did, you know. So did it just, fix it? Yeah, huh? cool. yeah, that was the problem. It was you know, a recall. It's, it's it's always amazing to me that we can find a recall and a dealer cannot. I know, <laughs> I know. So you take it to the repairman, and they don't know. But if well, you do the research they yourself, do know. yeah, yeah, they want to act like they don't know. No. Yeah. You know, people but say that I, about you guys, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I've never heard of that, of that recall. Hey. Well, I, I assure you, that recall went to that dealership to that long dealer. before it went yeah. to us. Yeah, so there may be a recall on that. If they were me, that's where I would start. Yep. Well, that, you, you can do that, definitely. You know, it would be one, one good way to do it. And I would also... Um, Maybe even Google, you know, you like your brand of refrigerator and find the thermistor um, ohm reading um, at certain temperatures. It's got certain ohms, which makes it variable where the door open halfway, all the way, whatever. Ohm so, as in OHM. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does OHM stand for? And <laughs> Java. Ohm. <laughs> Um, um, right, yeah. <laughs> All right, listen. Wait a second. Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. We've got an air conditioned guy here today. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask a question real quick here of Timmy. So we can, uh, it's, only... it's online homework manager. Good. Yes. That's, <laughs> yes. that's what Google says. That's what Google says. <laughs> Everybody oh, can do Google. your homework. All right. So, uh, Timmy, all right, let's set a baseline for everybody right now. Everybody listening, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, this is this is going to hurt a lot of feelings. Well, how that's what long? We're here for. <laughs> how long should an air conditioner last? Mm, that's a hard one. Pam can probably. Oh, <laughs> she, mm. she's got. A, she's got hard. So, so, I just had hers. that experience. I, let's say I install a new air conditioner today, April twelfth. How long should I? Expect. Expect and depend on that air conditioner. So I would say with zero maintenance, Mm -hmm. you know. um, Which is regular for most people. Yeah, 12 12 to 15 years. Now, if you keep it clean, you know, Mm -hmm. don't don't let it, you know, the capacitor start getting real weak on you, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. I mean, you can get longer out of it, but it's the brand of air conditioning that you need to get in order to get more life out of it. What if someone's at my house trying uh let's say my air conditioner is is not blowing as cold and someone comes to my house and says you're gonna need a new unit is is, should i 
should I keep talking to that person? Should I call somebody else? Well, you what always you? get different opinions. Uh-huh. Know? I mean, even though it might might hurt a little bit, you know, having to pay an extra service call or something like that. But right. I mean, you know, uh, when it's low with Freon, I'm, I'm a firm believer: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You okay. know, I tell my tell my customers that all the time. If we got to come out there and put you know a couple of pounds in there, uh-huh. you know, a year, okay. Now. Freon prices go up. Right. Know, now we, you know, next year you're looking at like three pounds, and all of a sudden the next year you're looking at two times me coming out putting three pounds in there. Now we have an issue. Okay. okay. That's whenever it ain't working no it's more. It's not, yeah. It right. yeah. It, it's not just not broke. It's, it's broken. It. Well, I was going to ask you what were some of the signs that it's not working. And I know that getting, not getting cool uh, enough. Now, also, there's there's some baseline expectations of what cool enough means. Mm-hmm. Tell us what, from an air-conditioned person's point of view, so it's 110 outside Mississippi, and I need it to be 62 in my bedroom. So You better get a window unit. Right. You need to go sit in that guy's refrigerator. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's a hard question, man. Like, my house, uh, you know, so my old house, mm-hmm. um, we put a new uh, air handler in that thing and had an old temp star sitting outside, a little two-ton. It was a small house. Mm-hmm. And I cranked that thing down as far as I could get it. Uh-huh. I mean, that, that thermostat went to 55, and uh-huh. I woke up the next morning, me and my wife, both of her girlfriend at the time, was like, uh-huh. right there. went there, and it's 55 degrees. You know, wow. thing, it got cold. Uh-huh. You know? So go to my house now. I had to tweak it because I didn't put the system in on my house. Right. Um, somebody went in there and oversized the system. You know, had a four-ton in there. Uh, probably had a three-and-a-half in it before. Uh-huh. So they put a four-ton in there because it probably wasn't getting cold enough. Right. I got insulation, man. I mean, you, you walk through my attic, you got to, like, dust the insulation out of the way. You know, it's, that's not the issue. Um, so I had to go in there and tweak it just a little bit, you know, in order to get it to cool correctly, you know, because the humidity level was super high. I jumped the dead fan speed all the way down, you know, so it can move the air slow across the coil. So right. when, you, when you're talking about how cool should you expect it, it's really hard because every system is a little bit different. But Interesting. I feel like that every house should at least maintain a 72 degree, you know, in, in my mind. Okay. Well, you know, 72 degrees with low humidity. Mm-hmm. If it's pulling the moisture out of the air then it's doing what it's supposed to do. And Timmy just put a new unit in my house. I had to talk him down from, (laughs) it was a four ton. And I said, I want a three and a half. And he was like, but your house is old. I said, but I have sealed the ever living. I mean, there's so much caulk and foam and sealing up in that house. And And I was, I'm telling you, it is sealed up. (laughs) I I do got to say, Timmy, if you listen to the show, you'd know caulk. Is 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 or ceiling is is Pam's jam. Yeah. That is. is just that's I'm all about <laughs> right. it. And he's he he witnessed that. Right. Yeah. And I was telling him before the show started, I said, I cannot put my thermostat on seventy two. It runs me out, it's so yeah. cold. Huh. So I leave it on seventy six. My humidity is but I also have that thermostat trick where I'm running my fan every fifteen minutes. Oh, wow. Whether yeah. the unit's Circulating. on or not. So it's circulating that air. Right. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Also, Timmy McClendon is here from AC Remedies today.
today. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. And you know, uh, on the public media app, we've been talking about this new feature that we've got. If you've got the MPB public media app, by the way, it's free on uh, the uh, Play on Google Play and, and iTunes. You can download this app. Once you've got it, if you go to the little menu there on the left-hand side, there's a thing called Talk to Us. All right? So uh, Talk to Us, all you have to do is hit Talk to Us and then hit Fix It 101 or choose whatever show you like. And you can send us any two-minute message that you like, audio or video. Uh, I do hope Java listened to this before we put it on the air, just to make sure. All right, and uh, and we got someone on the talk about what's what's going on, Java. Let's hear it. Hi, I'm Madison from Jackson, and I wanted to know how to start a privacy fence. What would I need to do? Uh, I want to make it out of wood, um, and I just don't know the process. How to start a privacy fence? That's a fantastic question. Um, well, before you dig your hole, <laughs> right? Yeah, there's there's some things we want to do at the very very beginning. Yeah, and what Pam is referring to is call eight one one. Right. Now, there's something I want to do too before I start my fence planning is get with my HOA. To make sure that I am following the guidelines in my neighborhood, right? Do, you know, do I do I have to have good neighbor? You know, what what, what are my sign guidelines? off on? Right? Yeah. yeah. Once that's determined, call eight one one. They will come mark. Mm-hmm. Then put your string lines up. Hold on, boss. Hang on, just a second. Yeah, I guess you're right. You can go ahead and go ahead. Well, you may want to find out where your property line is. Yeah, hopefully we don't have to spend the money on a survey. Right, right. You know, because those can get expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, but let's assume we know our property line. Okay. At that point, I'm going to put in a string line. Um, and what that, that means is literally a string that marks where the fence is going to be. That's right. right. And then I'm going to get my tape measure, and I'm going to start measuring my distance between my fence post, which I like eight feet. Mm-hmm. Everything works out in lumber, eight feet. Right. And I'm going to take a can of paint, and I'm going to spray paint every eight feet on my string. Where my hole's going to Where go. my hole's going to be. And then I can remove my string so I'm not fighting this string. Right. Right. Um, Or tripping over it. I've done that. True. (laughs) Dig my hole. (laughs) Put my post in. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to put my string back up. Right. To make sure that my posts are on my string. And then I'm going to have my level. And I'm going to set all of my posts. Right. Then I'm going to put my my sackcrete in. I'm not going to use water. Just leave it there. You don't have to in Mississippi. And uh, then I'm going to stabilize my post with some with some anchors, meaning a two by four and a stake. You want to make a triangle. That there will, you go. Yeah, Perfect. make a triangle from the post down to the ground, and then uh, kind of lodge it into the ground so it holds it. Uh, yeah. It completely, and you need you know what I have, what I love, or one of those corner. What is it called? A corner level. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and you Perfect. put it on with a rubber Perfect. band, yes. so you can make sure that it's you yeah. know completely you know mm-hmm. plum. vertical plumb. Yeah, and it needs that, folks, because when you uh, if you're using say standard eight foot boards, and you notice if you put an eight foot board on on the bottom of the board and it works out just fine, you get to the top. 
and there's too much right. space. And right. you or, you, or, or, or not enough, and my board is too mm-hmm. short. Mama right, would right. call that cattywampus. Yeah. You don't set that pole caddy up. Definitely going to want a level to do poles. Now, do not, do not make this mistake. Oh, I'm going to save money and only use two stringers. Use three stringers. Yeah. Yeah, and those are the boards that, that are running horizontal oh, that you're going to put your post. They start, start sagging every time, right? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And there's one more. Thank you. That meant the horizontal bars. Yeah. There you the go. Stringers. Yeah. Okay. There's one more thing that just really <laughs> irritates me when people put their fences up. Um, put the stringers on the inside of the fence. Yeah. Because yeah. this is what happens when you put them on the outside of the fence. Uh-huh. It's a perfect ladder for someone to climb in your yard. Oh, yeah. That's you, a good point. You, you've just supplied the ladder for them. I never mm-hmm. thought about that. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah. And I like put the pretty my, side out. A pretty side out, yeah. I'm, I have built several fences. And another thing, Jeff, that I love your suggestion on this, and I learned from it, is go ahead and make sure that that post, if you're going to cut it off or whatever, I paint the bottom of my post before I put it in the ground. Okay. And I let it dry for a while. I also, when I get my lumber, is I put it on my, I put it in my carport and I let it dry out a little bit. Doesn't hurt a thing. Because if it's treated, they treat this with a chemical, which causes the wood to swell. Expand, right. It expands. And if you put it and start building with it and it starts contracting, you're going to have all these gaps. And it will. It will. Contract. Yeah. Yeah. So give it a little patience, people. Patience. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Be patient. Well, thank you for sending that in. And if you want to do that, that's something that it, you know, you don't have to be listening live to do that. If you just think of a fix-it question, all you've got to do, open the MPB Public Media app, go to the menu, hit Talk to Us, and Fix It 101. And like I said, give us any two-minute question, video or audio, and we can put it on the air right there. Diane is on the line right now with an AC question in Ocean Springs. Oh, boy, you're going to need it. Here we go, Diane. You with us? Yes, I, I have a question about closing or opening my vents when I turn my AC on in a room I'm not using. It gets very hot in one room, and I was told, you know, leave it open, and I was told to close it. What's the best thing to do? Go ahead, Timmy. Is this, me? this is all you. <laughs> I thought Pam was going to jump in. I know, and I have opinions, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm trying to save on my electric bill. Right, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, there's there's harm in, in closing vents off in rooms. And I say that because kind of like Pam was talking about a while ago, expansion and contraction. Um, wood in your in, in that room will expand and contract. Doors won't shut, stuff like that. I mean, Pam's ever shaking her head. She kind of knows what I'm talking about. But, you know, it, it can be a good way to divert more air, you know, to, you know, other places. But whenever you start cutting off too many vents, you know, now you're you're oversizing the air condition for your home because you're you're cutting all these rooms off. And when you oversize, what happens? You got too much humidity. Mm-hmm. In other words, Diane, and, one of the things that short cycles a lot. It's short your, cycle. Your yeah. electric usage is not based on um, the air coming out of that one particular vent. Yeah. T- turning that vent off is not going to change that electric bill. Right. And the, a, a deeper problem could be, and I just diagnosed this in a house we were inspecting the other day, it could be that your ductwork is not correct. And what's happening is that the ductwork has to have pressure in order to distribute the air. So you have a long tube with an end, 
and then you come back and you put your ductwork in. If at the end of that main tube, it's just going to another register, then you don't have enough pressure to get air in the rest of the house. So it could be that you've got, um, there would be some investments that you could make that would be a lot more cost efficient than just closing off the one one room. Right. right. Well, and one of the things that I learned here as like a lay person, a normal person, not one of these pros in here, is that is that to do your air your air conditioning in your home, they actually use math equations to tell how many square feet you have as to what size air conditioning you need. So if you turn off a vent, you've changed the square footage and goofed up the math. Well, that's mm-hmm. what that's what so, Timmy was saying. Right. Yeah, you, your sizing becomes an issue right, in right. that. Also, whenever you do it, so you, now you're dumping more air in a different part of the house, you know, uh, so yeah, you're, you're oversizing the unit. Now it's going to cause it to short cycle. That means coming on and off too frequently. And some thermostats in that we put in, well, we can we can go in and change, mm-hmm. you know, how many cycles per hour. Um, so you, you just got to be real careful, you know, cutting vents off. One vent probably ain't gonna hurt much, you know, but if you if you're cutting off multiple ones, it's you know it, it would definitely change some stuff. I would also look at your return air. I was in a house earlier this week that it was a return air issue, and the, what was happening was that the return air was actually open to the attic, and so they were literally pulling warm hot air from the attic into their system Oops. and trying to cool it off. So it wasn't going. It was never going to work right. Well, like Timmy, that. is there one final like AC thing? That everyone should, if you left one thing for everyone to know as their AC guy, what would you leave? Change your filter every time you get your energy bill. Wow. Every time you get your energy bill. That'd be a good way to put it. Which is every month. So, fun fact, Uh I (laughs) went to this house last year and I remember the guy told me, he's like, man, I change my filter every month. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, where's it at? Shows me where it's at. I go and screw the knobs. Uh Had a date on there. 2007. Oh. 2007. So you might not want to lie to yourself is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I change it every month. Right. I change it every decade. I love it. I like that. <laughs> Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Kevin Farrell. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, our guest Timmy McClendon from AC Remedies. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.